Hey folks, this is Steve Bradley, God's Wordsmith, and today our episode is about the Great Tribulation and the Return of Jesus Christ. Matthew 24, verses 15 to 31, and the operative quote is, As the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. This is what Jesus said of his return. Here is the text, Matthew 24, 15 to 31, and that does not end the chapter. There's a lot more, but we're just going to consider these 16 verses today. Therefore, when you see the abomination spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand, then let those who are... who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. Let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing in those days. Pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation such as has not been since the end of the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. <clears throat> and unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, don't believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he's in the desert, don't go out. Or look, he's in the inner rooms, don't believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together, And that actually is a reference to Revelation chapter 19, which, of course, was not written yet. And the destruction that's going to happen when Jesus defeats the Antichrist. Immediately after the tribulation of those days. So the next thing is, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, The stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. This is an amazing passage, and thank God for it, because here we see the end of Satan's oppression of Christians, of Jews, of all the people who love good and love God. It ends right here and will not occur again until he is released for a short time to deceive people who want to hear what he has to say. This passage is basically about warnings and promises. Jesus does not describe the Great Tribulation. He leaves that to John. 
who sees these events as though on a huge television some 60 years later. <clears throat> and then he writes them down for you and me. What Jesus does here is to provide warnings about this time. And there are a number of these as he continues with his sermon. The first one, just like the very first thing he said when he started this sermon, is don't be deceived. If you read between the lines a bit, you'll see why. This is such a terrible time that it's very easy to grasp at straws because you're desperate. It's like being offered food when you haven't had anything to eat for days and days. You're desperate for some news about the return of the Lord. The, the Antichrist appears to be in a position that cannot be challenged. He controls the food supply. He even controls all the things people buy or sell through a mark that people take when they pledge themselves to him. Now, people used to think this was ink. What it probably is is a microchip or whatever will pass for that when the Antichrist rises. This mark is anathema to Christians who know that it is a permanent decision to follow the Antichrist and Satan. You must pledge yourself to Satan and to the Antichrist in order to receive the mark, and therefore you must reject Christ. And the Bible says that it is very, very, very important that you not take that mark. However, the Antichrist is given power to rule with terrible results, and Christians and Jews alike face extinction. And once again, that's why everyone is saying, here's the Christ, there's the Christ, he might be over there. In an atmosphere like this, it's easy to believe anything because you want to. A lot of the beliefs we have come because we desire those things to be true, not necessarily because they are true. Jesus tells us it's not something like a Messiah appearing in a desert or in an inner room, you'll see. My return, he says, will be so obvious that you can't miss it. Everyone will see, everyone will experience it when I come back, and everyone means everyone. He says, then the, son of, the sign of the Son of Man will appear. We don't know exactly what that is, but the people alive at that time will know and those who have rejected the Antichrist will rejoice. Because they didn't take the mark, they decided to worship God instead. And the few that are still alive will be so happy because he's returning now. Everyone else will be screaming with fear, crying out and wailing. And folks, the Great Tribulation is a time of separation and divisions. Quote-unquote followers of the Lord will be forced to choose between him and the Antichrist or face death. And true believers will pick Jesus Christ. There will be no fence-sitters or nominal Christians in that day. Now at the same time, as John tells us in Revelation, there will be huge judgments and changes in and on the earth which affect only the Antichrist followers. Jesus' return 
initiates a process, judgment and salvation. Judgment at Armageddon and in the days that follow, salvation for the Lord's followers. Remember how I said that Jesus uses the chronological word then? He means to tell us that these events are steps, planned to retake the earth from the power of Satan and evil men. Why steps? I don't know. We will certainly find out whether in heaven or here. I believe the reason for the steps is to reveal who's who at the end. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? This set of events is calculated to reveal the truth about you. Do you secretly hate Christians, Christianity, the Jewish people? And I'm including Jews here because the Jewish nation is the basic target of much of the Antichrist's efforts. He shows himself to be God in the temple at Jerusalem. He demonstrates that. And folks, the day will reveal it, meaning whoever you really are will be clear. Are you a true and genuine believer, struggling to maintain your faith, terrified of the future? Folks, the angels are going to come for you. You will be delivered if you haven't died. But seriously, the Son of Man is going to send his, his angels to gather his elect from the four corners of the earth. Imagine that. So here's the Great Tribulation timeline. It's very basic here as Jesus lays it out. Number one, the Antichrist rises, proclaims himself to be God in the temple. He rules the world briefly. He crushes all the good and godly men and women that he finds. And this is, a great, this is the Great Tribulation. The Jews and Judea and the whole area where Israel is now, that's a special target. Believing Jews are even more so. And we need to remember that much of what Jesus describes is local to Israel. The Jews who are left alive after the Antichrist's evil deeds repent and turn to the Lord, which ends their sufferings because Jesus returns at that point. He's waiting for the repentance of his nation. It's important to understand, and Zechariah 12, 13, and 14 talk about this in, uh, in great detail, that <clears throat> it is the Jewish nation's conversion that really defeats the Antichrist. Yes, the Jews have a mighty army, but it's when they turn back to the Lord that he comes for them. Jesus returns like lightning blazing across the sky. And he says, after the tribulation of those days, in other words, when I say after, I don't mean like 10 years after, I mean right after, immediately after. Great events take place that defy scientific explanation including the sun and moon going dark and all kinds of meteorites coming and dropping. And John talks about this. He talks about great pieces of stone or ice falling on the earth, weighing a talent, a hundred pounds, and striking the servants of the Antichrist. 
As I said, these defy scientific explanation, and there's a reason for that. The world has become so rationalistic that we can't believe in anything supernatural. But when Satan rises and, re and appears on the earth in a body, everyone is going to realize that the supernatural is real. And they're going to worship that supernatural. But the real and true God is the one who is returning for his people. And although real, the supernatural of evil is temporary. It's just not going to last. The sun and moon are darkened, and these events are probably concurrent with his return. The kingdom of Satan and the Antichrist is destroyed at the end of the tribulation at the Battle of Armageddon. His soldiers are, his soldiers are killed, every single one of them. Zechariah, by the way, describes this as well. <clears throat> Talks about the, the end, the final end of the armies that come against Jerusalem. And number four, the angels will come to rescue the suffering Christians everywhere. It says, Jesus says, he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from the one end of heaven to the other. This tells me, and Daniel confirms it, that there will be some time involved in cleanup after what Christians have come to call the Battle of Armageddon. It will not be long. Daniel makes reference to this in Daniel chapter 12, verses 11 and 12. And he says this, And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away, the abomination of desolation is set up. <clears throat> there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. In other words, there's a 45-day interim time when God cleans up the world. The angel who is speaking to Daniel tells us the final events of the timeline. Now, I admit this is some educated guesswork on my part, he tells us there, that there are going to be judgments and events that cannot be explained. Jesus returns and destroys the Antichrist and his armies at the Battle of Armageddon. Then he gathers his people from the four winds of heaven that is everywhere on earth as he cleans up the mess the Antichrist has made and issues judgments against evil and evil men. <clears throat> According to Daniel, this takes about 45 days. Folks, I think the essential question here is, are you ready? There will be immense challenges during that time. It may be arriving sooner than any of us realize. It's so important to stay faithful to the Lord. It's going to be tough. That's why Jesus says in Luke, watch and pray always that you may be accounted to worthy to endure all these things and to stand before the Son of Man. Now next time, 
we will see the warnings Jesus gives us. You'll note that he's not giving us any exact time as when this will happen. And lots of mistakes have been made by people who mean well, but they're very foolish because Jesus specifically tells us, he says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. <clears throat> but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. We'll consider all that next time as we read about the warnings again. And this is such an important section of Scripture. Jesus actually spends two whole chapters on this discourse, and it rivals in length the beginning discourse of his ministry, the Sermon on the Mount. Please pay attention to his words. Please pay attention to what he says is going to happen, because nothing he has predicted has ever failed to come to pass. I hope you're ready for that time, and I'm praying I will be too. May God bless you richly. This is Steve Bradley signing off. Until next time.